How many of you are familiar with the show, I'm not sure what channel it's on, uh, the show Hoarders? Oh yeah, okay. Guilty pleasures, you know. There's something about it, right? Like, who lives like that? Who would do that to their own home? To fill it with all manner of junk. We know that it could be, depending on the situation, you know, magazines and books and newspapers that are decades old. And if you ask a person who hoards, they know exactly where everything is. There is order among the chaos. But the question always is, and that's what drives the popularity of a show like this, how did it get to be like that? How would a person allow the place where they live to become not only full with junk, but full in some cases with vermin and other things, to get so dirty, to get so filled with disease and potentially things that will make you ill. How could it happen? When Natalie and I were first married, living in a very small apartment in Toronto, maybe 400 square feet, every Saturday we would spend that time making that tiny little apartment spotless from top to bottom. As we got older and as we accumulated more children and more things that come with it, Saturday cleaning became less of a weekly thing, top to bottom, and more of a when we have the chance to. Anyone who has a family will know this, right? It becomes more difficult to spend that time that you would because there are other things that get in the way. Soccer practice, hockey practice, skating lessons, piano lessons, all these things accumulate, and you don't have a lot of time then because you have busy lives. So fair warning, if you ever come to my house, it's not going to be as spotless as it was maybe 18 years ago when it was just Natalie and I. Because we accumulate, as I said, busyness, and our schedules become full. And we wonder, how did it ever get to be this way? Well, that's how life goes sometimes, isn't it? So I want you to keep these images of the hoarder, of the person who has accumulated stuff, or the person whose schedule is so busy they don't even seem to have time to spend at home because their day planners are so full and so cluttered that otherwise it would be difficult for them to actually step foot in their home. Because Jesus actually uses this image to describe the human soul, spirit, our heart as a home. And it's a home that he himself has built. And as our colic for today says, it is a home, in the words of St. Augustine, that was built by and for God, a place for God to find rest within us. But when our house is full of stuff, there's no room for him to come in. But more on that in a moment. Jesus is casting out demons. And the crowd was amazed. But others said... The only way that this fellow Jesus does this is because he has the power of demons himself. In other words, he's in league with Satan. He's in league with these demons. They kind of have an understanding. He's just doing it for the show and the spectacle that he can do this. Right? And we, that's not a surprising reaction. We know many prosperity television evangelists, so-called prosperity preachers, that do this very thing. Right? So-called faith healers that we find out later are not really healing people but they're putting on a pretty good show and they make a lot of money doing it. Same thing here. This Jesus fellow, this is just trickery and showmanship and he's really working in league with the very things that he's casting out. 
Notice how no one questions whether demons are actually cast out. No one is questioning if a healing has actually taken place. No one denies that. But they suggest that Jesus is a charlatan. But he knew what they were thinking and he said, he just dices up what they're saying with simple logic and reason. Think about what you're saying. If I am in league with the demons casting them out, that makes no sense because then the powers of the demons, it will collapse in on itself. How can a kingdom divided against itself stand? It makes no sense. So your explanation is illogical and unreasonable. But if it is by the finger of God, by the power of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come among you. So you have a choice. You can believe that I am some charlatan street preacher with a couple neat tricks up his sleeve, or you can believe that I am the ambassador of the kingdom of God here in your midst. And he gives this image of a strong man. And the strong man, as we know in other stories from scripture, is an image of Satan. The strong man, fully armed, guards his castle, his property, his safe. All his stuff that he's accumulated is under lock and key. It is guarded. No one can come and get it. Everything he's hoarded is safe. But when one who is stronger than him attacks and overpowers him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his plunder. We know from our first reading in the Sunday of Lent that Jesus has already defeated Satan in his power. Jesus is the stronger man who plunders what the strong man has stolen. Our souls, our spirits, the things that make us who we are. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders through waterless regions. Then did you catch earlier Jesus says that when he casts out demons, he sends them into the desert. He sends them into the wasting place. He sends them to a place where there is no water, a place of death, a place of the opposite of rest and refreshment the opposite of an oasis. But then Jesus says, when this demon goes, it wanders around and it's thinking, my goodness, I missed the place where I was before. I missed that home where I had resided. It may have been a little bit messy, but it was my mess. It may have not been ideal, but it was mine. And so he returns and he says, my goodness, this house has been cleaned. This soul has been cleansed. The light of God has been here and has cleaned it up. And he says, well, not only is there room for me, I have a couple other friends, seven others, that I would love to come and have be my roommates. This image of the house, of the soul as a house, is exactly what Jesus is getting at here. Think of all the stuff in our lives that we accumulate in our hearts. Envy, bitterness, resentment, greed, the desire for more stuff. All these things take up residence in our heart and they accumulate. We begin to hoard sin. Those little vices that oh, they don't really hurt anyone. Those little habits that we think no one will really notice those thoughts that we have toward our neighbors and enemies, what we would like to do to them, the inside voice. All these things build up in our hearts 
Jesus is the one who comes along to clean house. He's like 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You call him up and he comes and he says, I'll take care of that all for you and I will clean it out. But in the context of Luke 11, this story of what Jesus, or from our gospel reading today, takes place in the context where Jesus' disciples are asking him questions about how to pray and about how to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So just the same way that we would call the junk remover to come and take our junk, we are called to pray, to ask Jesus to come in and take our stuff. Because what is one thing that all hoarders have alike? Don't touch my stuff. Don't take it. It's mine. Everything matters. Those are load-bearing magazines. We can't do it on our own. We can't. It doesn't matter how much sheer willpower we have. It doesn't matter how much we think we have ourselves in order without the grace of God, without the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we will not be able to clean out the junk. But we have to be willing to say, Jesus, not only come in, but take it from me. Because I don't want to give it up. I kind of like that bitterness, that resentment, that envy, that greed, all those things because they give me a little bit of fire in my life. The anger, the fear, whatever it is, it, geeks me, it makes me give me the illusion that I'm alive. Jesus, take it away. Take it away from me. Clean it out. But once it has been cleaned out, the story is not over. We have to remain vigilant. We've all been in that situation in cleaning our own houses. It takes a lot of work to maintain a house as being clean, but it takes a lot more work when it gets dirty than you have to do the real deep cleaning. So once we've asked Christ to come into our lives and to take those things away from us, especially those things that we don't want to let go of, we have to do the work of maintaining our homes, our souls, our spirits. And how do we do this? Very simple. In this time of Lent, we are reminded of the importance of prayer. The importance of spending time every day in prayer with God. Of reading the scriptures. Of reminding ourselves of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. Of giving generously. Not only of our money and our stuff, but of our time, our energy and our effort. Because when we give of ourselves, we're not cluttering up ourselves. To receive Holy Communion the means of grace by which God comes into our bodies quite literally and says, I will, speed, I will feed you spiritually. I will clean out the junk. Our reading from Ephesians that Brian gave us is the practical elements of what we do once we've cleaned house or once we've allowed Christ to come in and clean house. We have to be vigilant. We have to persevere in our way of speaking, in our way of addressing others, in our way of being with our neighbors. Because when we're not vigilant, the stuff starts to pile up again. The accrual of sin that we so like to hoard comes in again. So my friends, our, my prayer for us this Lent is that we will allow the light of Christ to shine into those dark places in our hearts. My crawl space is a dark place. I don't know, even know what's in there. And every time I turn on the lights, I find something new. I forgot it was there. The light of Christ is to shine that light in the dark corners of our life that we keep hidden 
or that we leave for ourselves and we invite Jesus in to say, turn on the light, show me where the stuff is, especially the stuff that I keep hidden so deep down in me. It's also getting rid of the stuff that's right in front of us. You ever notice how sometimes in your home you have things that you forget that they're there, but they're so clearly there? By example, I have three Rubbermaid totes that have Christmas decorations. They're still upstairs. Christmas tree's already down. It's been almost three months since Christmas. All I have to do is take them down to the garage. But I forget they're there because I see them every day, and it's just like that's the place they occupy now, and I forget. Oh, yeah, i got to take those things down to the garage. Sometimes the things in our lives are, that we need Jesus to come and take from us are so obvious. They're right in front of us, but we can't see them because they're so present. And so what we're asking, again, is the light of Christ to shine in. Jesus, come and take away the junk and the clutter in my life. The fear, the anxiety, the hatred, the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, all those things. Take them from me. Clean my house so that you may dwell in me. See, that's the thing. When there's no room in our life for Christ, we need him to come in and clean house so that he may reside in us. So my prayer for us this Lent is that we would call on Christ to shine his light in our hearts, to show us where our lives have become disordered, messy and hoarded by the sin that we so easily hold on to. May we release it into his garbage bin, and may we find him taking up residence in our own hearts. Amen.